parlor of Dearborn House. He winced to see the Greens leader, Sandra Harvey, bending the ear of his appointments secretary, Miss Annie Fuse, and made a note to remind Annie that when Sandra came calling, he was always out. He had just enough time to register Jed Culver, his chief of staff, deep in conversation with Henry Seske, the construction magnate. He wondered what dark schemes those two could be cooking up, and then Alan was suddenly at his side, gently directing him by the elbow toward the British and French ambassadors, who appeared to be arguing over something to do with Guadeloupe. He was pretty sure that was a country, not a tapas dish, but not sure enough that he wanted any part of the argument. "'Mr. President,' said Horbach, "'we must greet the ambassadors, then the Speaker of the House, the Governor, the—' Kipper zoned out. They were no more than a minute into this reception, and already he was screaming inside. He had no idea how Barb smiled and chatted through it all as though she were actually enjoying herself. Christ, maybe she was. The next thirty minutes passed in a painful series of meet-and-greets with a procession of dignitaries, foreign guests, senators, and congressbots, and Seattle City Council officials— all of whom had been elected well after he'd left the city engineer's department. It was with a truly pathetic sense of gratitude that he spotted Barney Tench, his old college bud and now reconstruction czar, working the buffet over by the windows. "'Barn! Man, how you doing?' he called out over the heads of the crowd, instantly drawing the attention of about fifty or sixty people to Tench, who was caught stuffing a giant piece of crab meat into his mouth. Alan Horbach actually face-palmed himself, and Barb gave Kip a small kick in the back of his leg. "'But I need to talk to Barney,' he protested. "'It's about work.' "'Not now, Mr. President,' the protocol Nazi insisted. "'Mr. Ford is about to perform.' "'The poet?' said Kip. "'Oh, great.' Back through the press of the crowd they went, every step blocked by somebody who wanted a small piece of his time— all the way up to the front of the room, where Kip was introduced to a thin, nervous-looking man in a slightly ill-fitting suit. He instantly felt for him. Ford looked no more comfortable than he did. "'Mr. President,' said Alan Horbach, "'might I present our first poet laureate of the new age?' "'That's what they're calling it now,' Kip thought. "'When did we start calling the end of the fucking world a new age?' He shook Ford's hand and leaned in close to be heard over the crowd. "'Don't worry, buddy. By tomorrow this'll all just be a terrible nightmare.' "'What?' Ford looked shaken. "'Oh, a a joke, I see. Okay, then. Shall I read now?' "'I think the President wants to say a few words first, said Horbach. "'Well, I don't really want to,' Kip said, earning a glare from his wife. But what the hell, we're not getting any younger. Let's do it to it. A bell rang somewhere as he ascended the small dais that had been erected, and then tapped the mic. Hey, everyone, how you doing? Kip said as the soft roar of two hundred voices finally trailed away. He winked at Ford. As you all know, I'm not a big fan of these formal shindigs, but I do believe it's important to pull on a penguin suit every now and then. As my grandmother used to say, if something is worth doing, it's probably worth wearing a clean pair of pants.
Polite chuckles washed up at him from the crowd, but no more than that, except for Barney, who was stuffing more crab meat into his face at the back of the room and laughing such a big, genuine laugh that Kip worried his old friend was in danger of choking. God, he thought, these are so not my people. Anyway, he continued, tonight is definitely worth pants. He gave Adam Ford a big thumbs up and was rewarded with what looked like a real smile from the poet, whose eyes were twinkling a little more brightly the longer Kipper had the floor. Barbara and I invited you all here tonight to, well, hell, you know why you're here. We've got us a new poet laureate. He boomed out that last, as though announcing that the local college football team had brought home the national championship. The applause and some of the whoops of approval that rolled back up at him from the floor.